Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast, your association's no-fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Each week, we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve. Hello, my name is Sherry Budziak, and I'm the CEO of .org Source and host of today's podcast. Um, I'm here today with Vivian Abalama, I-O-M-C-A-E, the Director of Managed Services for the International Anesthesia Research Society. Vivian is a certified association executive with more than 18 years in the association industry and is a U.S. Army veteran. Thank you, Vivian. Uh, Vivian, thank you for joining us today. I'm excited to talk with you about your leadership during and post-pandemic. Um, so tell us a little bit about you and your organization. Hi, everybody. Thanks, um, Sherry. Again, as you, you said, um, I have a little over 18 years in the association management industry, and I work for the International Anesthesia Research Society, where I manage two small subspecialties. Um, one is the Association of University Anesthesiologists, and the second is the Society of Critical Care Anesthesiologists. Um, one, the AUA, focuses on academic anesthesiology, and the second, Society of Critical Care Anesthesiology, focuses on critical care. Um, prior to IRS, I worked for the um, ASAE for over six years, where I managed several of their councils and committees um, for over six years. And... While I was at ASAE, I received my CAE and then received my IOM um, while I was at IRS. And yes, I'm currently a U.S. Army veteran where I served as a petroleum laboratory specialist in the U.S. Army. Wow, that's great. Great, Vivian. Great background and, uh, and appreciate your service. So Vivian, as we recover from the pandemic, how is your organization positioned for future success? One of the organizations conducted strategic planning during the pandemic, which has positioned them to be in a place um, of innovation and more creation, uh, creative than in the past. This organization currently has an honorific membership and it was created to recognize leaders in academic anesthesia um, with a new mission, vision, and a compelling purpose and strategic goals. The organization has decided to shift its focus to development and mentoring and sustainability of academic anesthesiology. Um, so that's really a big shift for this organization. Um, before it was about recognizing its members and being honorific. Now, um, post-pandemic, it's more about developmental and mentoring. So I think, again, um, the pandemic has allowed this organization to really be more creative and innovative. The other organization I manage um, did strategic planning prior to the pandemic and was already in a state of change. But the pandemic pushed them to be even more innovative and creative and to keep their members engaged in different ways that they might not have done in the past. So for instance, this organization um, went from 646 members to 1135 during the pandemic. I mean, how they did that was really by creating a new membership category and creating more benefits that really engage their members. So instead of during the pandemic, but focusing on membership, they focused on engagement. That's fantastic. Um, so what are the opportunities are you seeing for associations today? Um, it's just easy. I said it probably earlier. I think it's really important for people to be innovative and creative during a state of change because people are open to change. Um, Post-pandemic, people might have been a little more hesitant. So change requires people to think and do things differently. 
So I think that um, this is a time for associations, all organizations to think more innovatively and creatively. Yeah, it did give us kind of, we had as not only staff supporting the associations, but boards really had to start to think differently, be creative and and really be agile. So, um, so for those that were able to move quickly, and, and as you kind of gave some examples of really being able to kind of um, advance quickly their, their organizations. Um, but so what do you think are some of the challenges in getting there? So I, I, I have, I think that there are three P's, I'll just say in the word challenge, people, process, and procedures. Um, I think volunteer leaders, and the staff have to shift, do things differently, and operate differently. And sometimes that can be a challenge. So the people, the process and procedures have to change. Um, and so when you're doing things differently, when you're thinking innovative and creative, and we saw that during pand- the pandemic, that people had to shift. You know, so the people that shifted well were able to maintain people that weren't, weren't able to. So I think there was a challenge sometimes is getting the staff and the volunteers to see and do things differently. Yeah. Yeah. I would get afraid. Sometimes I start hearing how everybody just kind of wants to start going back to doing what they did prior to 2020. So, um, and that, that will be, you know, we'll kind of start to slide back if we see too many organizations do that. But, um, you know, again, as, as you kind of said, like really looking at, you know, continuing to push your organizations and, um, and be innovative. Um, so what is the most important thing you think that leaders can do right now to position their organizations for success? And there's two, listen to your members, because I think it's hard, I think sometimes for staff and organization, uh, well, let's just say volunteer leaders, the boards to sometimes listen to their members because they know that things are going to have to change. A lot of the times they make decisions based on what they want versus what their whole membership wants. So I think even now during the pandemic, people may want things and see things differently. And so they may have to change. Um, Two, I also think they need to be more proactive and think about how they can provide value now and in the future. A lot of times we're just thinking about now, but now that we've had this pandemic, you have to think if something like this happens again, or there's another shift or disruption in how we operate and work, how can, I still be, how can I still be valuable? What if I have to get rid of an annual meeting? What if I have to get rid of a webinar? What if I have to change my entire membership model? Can I do that? You know what I mean? Those are the things I think that we have to think about. And do you feel that the association business models need to change? Yes. Uh, for many years, work, I mean, it's over 18 years, I've always heard that we're not in the business to make money. And I totally disagree. I think that associations need to make money to give back to their members. How can you give back to your members if you're only relying on member dues? What, again, if you have a pandemic and your member numbers go down, where is your revenue to come in so that you can keep them engaged, right? So I think that's the thing um, that could change with associations. Um, The other thing is they can get rid of the membership tiers. You know, some organizations have different, you know, levels. And I think um, I, like I worked for ASA for so many years and they had a young professional level and it was based on age, but it was also based on experience. But now we're seeing young professionals that are coming with their CAEs, mm-hmm. master's degree, and they're not going to, they don't want to be treated the same way as somebody, let's just say, if you saw them without the CAE and they're a young professional, right? So 
I, I've said that to, to other people that I think you have to think about, do we need the same membership model we've had for the last 15 or 20 years? Or do we need to have all these tiers? Or do we need to have more open membership and be thinking about engagement versus membership models or yeah. membership tiers? Excuse me. Yeah. And I agree with you. No money, no mission. I mean, yeah. right. And I, we saw organizations that are on the brink of going out of business or out of business because um, they didn't change. And so now they're, they're, they're questioning, you know, whether or not they're going to survive. So um, I would have to disagree with the not here to make money. I think focusing more on the tax status, um, mm-hmm. And and making sure that, you know, as you said, you're providing, listening to members and providing them with the service that, that they need to advance their professions. Um, so yeah. it's really important. Um, so, I was say one yeah. last. There, are, yeah. there are actually businesses taking the association's business model. If you go to yeah. like my Six Flags membership, I have a membership now, a model, and I can increase it different, depending on the tier I'm in and I get different benefits. You know, so I think there are a lot of organizations and a lot of businesses actually now taking on the association business model. It's interesting because yeah. depending on the level you join, the level of service or benefits you get. And it's just interesting to see that. And it's been beneficial for some, you know, I think for some organizations, I mean, for some um, of the that I'm a member of, but it's just interesting to see businesses do that as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I always think about my my daughter's Six Flag membership that I keep paying for. Then she never even goes. But I'm like, well, it's fine. She'll eventually go. Right? She's getting because when she goes, she is getting those benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, kind of you know, kind of on a different note or topic, how do you feel that technology is changing how associations operate today? I, I kind of think we're at the same pace the last couple of years. I just think that because of the pandemic, members want things faster and on demand. That's the difference. I, yeah. I, I mean, I also feel like it's changed maybe technology because of people working virtually has had to change for organizations that maybe didn't have people working virtually. You know, their techno- technology had to shift. But I think technology itself is an interesting place where I don't think we're changing a lot. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens in the next couple of years. I mean, I heard the Apple organization is going to a membership model where you don't buy a phone, you become a member of Apple. That's going to be rolled out. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I just think people want things on demand and faster. So can you provide your, can people watch your annual meeting from your phone now? You know, things like that. Can they still interact from their phone? Because there may be people that have to do that, you know, Um, so yeah, or just want to do that. And if you look at kind of the new generations, you have young kids and um, I still have a daughter that's in high school and, and you see how they interact and um, the frustration if she's can't do her homework sometimes if she's somewhere from her phone. I'm like, you're really working in Google Docs on your phone? Like, this is like, it's just a totally different um, mindset, right? So, you know, we always talk about engaging younger members, I think we really need to probably challenge ourselves to, as you said, kind of think through like, how are they working? Where are they getting your information? Is it, they're not, maybe not always in front of a a laptop. Um, or as you said, like, you know, wanting to watch the webinar between things that they're doing, um, uh, in their hospital, who knows, right? Like they might have, you know, 30 minutes and want to catch something on demand. Um, so, uh, so really kind of thinking through what that, 
overall member experience is, which you've, you've touched on um, today. So that, I feel like you have to focus on the younger people, especially as well. Like I have my 14 year old daughter, I call her, she's appled out. She has an iPhone and iPad. I mean, and she's 14 and her, she's got a Mac. So she uses it for school because the school computer she had kept messing up. And so I bought her one. I mean, over the years I've got, but she's 14. And I, I told her that I was like, wow, I'm like, child, you have all this stuff. But she, the other day we had to do a project, a, um, a history project. And in the past we had to print this stuff out in the board. She would send it to me. She's like, mom, I'm just going to do a PowerPoint. It's so much quicker. And I was like, she's like, I was like, you can put your own PowerPoint together. She's like, mom, let me show it to you. I couldn't believe that was my child. I was like, she's yeah. so smart and brilliant. She had, the PowerPoint was beautiful, had pictures, all kinds of things, motion. I was like, wow. And she's 14. Yeah. So these kids are learning that younger. Imagine when they want to be gauged as adults older, you know? So that's what I think about is how are we going to serve them? You know, I always think about the younger generation because they're the next, they're going to be your next member. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So any final thoughts today, Vivian, before we kind of wrap up? No, I, you know, I, I think that um, organizations and associations just need to think that the pandemic is post pandemic. It's a great time to be innovative, creative and not do things the same way and really um, listen to your members um, and be proactive and reactive and, you know, work towards changing and thinking about the future. That's great. Final thoughts. So we really appreciate your time today, Vivian. Um, and if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Um, they can call me on my work phone if they'd like to do that, 415-730-5595, or email me at V-A-B-A-L-A-M-A at IARS.org. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're really busy, and we really appreciate all of your insights. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.